Try to be read podcast, episode number 10. The Positive Writer. Interview with Brian Hutchinson. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. I'm your host, Ani Alexander, and today I'm talking to the writer, Brian Hutchinson. Brian is the author of One Boy's Struggle, a memoir and writer's dubbed. He is also the creator of the blog for writers called Positive Writer. Hello, Brian. How are you? Hi, Anne. How are you? I, I'm fine. Uh, I always enjoy uh, speaking to writers. So today I'm really well. <laughs> cool. Uh, so um, as you know, this is a relatively new podcast. And um, besides that you are a writer, I wanted to speak with you specifically because I know that you have a blog which has almost the same mission as my podcast. So uh, with your blog, you are inspiring writers um, to write and succeed right? Correct. Okay, so uh, this podcast has almost the same mission. And here by these interviews, I'm trying to make writers um, understand that success is possible, that they should go ahead and write. And that if that's their dream, um, they sooner or later, they will make it true. Okay, so uh, what I wanted to know is uh, maybe a little bit about your background, whether you were a writer before as well, you've always been a writer or you have been doing something else before. So wh where did you start? How did it happen, etc.? Hmm, that's a, that's a um, kind of an open-ended question. I've been writing forever, it seems, since I was a little kid, actually. So, but I didn't seriously start writing Uh, until I would say about 2006-2007 when I wrote my first book, which was my memoir. Uh, it took a long time to get there because um, Positive Writer, my blog, which you uh, were alluding to a moment ago, is is focused on helping people overcome their doubts about writing. And uh, since that's something I had to do for, for quite a, a long time, I was stuck behind uh, hiding behind my doubts. And it took some time to work through that and find a way. And I found it through journal writing, um, writing my first book, which was my memoir, writing it as a journal first, um, personal journal. And then, um, yeah, so I would say that's how I discovered I was a writer simply by actually writing in my journal and telling my story and then um, continuing to do so even after the journal was finished. But in reality, I had been writing since I was a young kid. Okay, so you always uh, felt this need uh, to write and, and it kind of came naturally for you. Yes, that's correct. For a long time, though, I thought I should write um, fiction. And I found later on that uh, I enjoy writing nonfiction more so. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck, writers, is that, um, well, some writers can write about anything, but uh, some of us write about certain things during certain seasons of our lives, and uh, you have to find out what you want to write about. Do you want to write fantasy books, romance books, or do you want to write nonfiction, or do you want to write everything? But I think a lot of people get stuck not knowing exactly what they want to write about, 
and then they're not very clear with what they are writing. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, actually, when I'm thinking about writing a memoir, I, I think that it uh, requires a really strong uh, the writer to be strong enough and brave enough to open up to the public, especially to people he doesn't know. So uh, it, it, it sounds quite scary to me. How did you o- overcome this? Because I think uh, when you're writing a memoir, the fear and the doubts should be. Uh, maybe even more than when you are writing fiction, because there you can hide behind the character. And uh, even if you're writing something based on a true story, you still have some kind of facade to hide behind. And here it's like a completely open thing. And uh, to me, it sounds scary. I mean, I I haven't uh, reached that stage yet. So uh, can you tell us a bit about that that, uh, part of writing a memoir? Yes, uh, I can. The thing about it is when I first wrote my memoir, it wasn't um, to be published. It wasn't to be shared with the world. So uh, it was for myself, actually. Um, It was, let's say it was a therapeutic effort. And I wrote it uh, in the evenings. Usually before I went to bed, I was uh, I'd write, you know, however, however many pages I ended up writing. And it wasn't intended at all to be published. It was only after I finished writing my story that I decided to publish it. So I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was hindered by being afraid of what I was sharing with others while I was writing it. I think I had to deal with that more so after I wrote the memoir. And um, that's, that's also quite a unique story that um, I do share in my memoir um, and also in Writer's Doubt, which I think you've recently read, but but um, it wasn't really through writing that I learned how to overcome that doubt. It was more through playing um, a, a game called pool, um, billiards, you might know it as. And um, in that particular uh, game, when you lose a lot you and you lose in public, you kind of um, get used to uh, being humiliated in public. With pr- anytime you play a sport like that, um, you get when you lose a lot. You, you you get used to it. You get used to people um, seeing you lose, and that that's a lot of and a lot of people have difficulty with that. You know, no, you know, losing is a very difficult thing in public, and so, but that's something you have to go through in order to eventually uh, win. So that training, per se, that training and playing pool in public and losing um, terribly sometimes. And and you got to imagine pool is a very prideful one-man uh, game, you know. And so or one woman, one man, doesn't matter. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of pride on the line um, because uh, there's a lot of ego in playing pool professionally. So that experience helped me later on to write in public. For example, on my blog, I re- I'm very transparent on my blogs. I have several blogs and I'm positive writer in Adderworld, I, uh, I'm very transparent. And the only reason I can be that way is because I learned early in life that this, this facade, like you used the word earlier, t- to uh, show that we're not vulnerable or that, you know, that we can't lose or, or that we're indestructible 
it, it, it really is just a, um, a veil we put over ourselves. And uh, we think that somehow protects us from, you know, humiliation or embarrassment when really all it does as far as being a writer is hold ourselves back. So we have to be able to let go and be ready to share things that we might not want to share because you're right. When you write fictional, you can hide behind your characters and put your story within theirs. But what happens when you're doing that and you share your story through your characters and you don't intend to do that, but it just happens because you yourself haven't told your story yet. So you got to find a way to tell your story, even if it's for yourself, I think, as a writer. I think that's very helpful. Yeah, and then uh, I think if uh, people start uh, thinking about it, uh, they should come up with what's the worst scenario, what's the worst that can happen if they share their story. So uh, what was um, the scariest thing, what you were afraid of most when you were uh, putting the book in public? I think um, I... I have to be honest with you here. I didn't really, I wasn't scared of anything. I really didn't have any kind of fear like that when I finally published it. I had a few concerns, you know, that there were some things I said about um, growing up that, you know, my family might not have wanted me to say, you know, I think they've eventually got around to accepting it because I didn't say anything derogatory about, you know, my family per se, just my experience with my father growing up and, he passed away years ago, and I wasn't scared of that. It was it was kind of a, um, an awkward thing, but I can imagine there's things that people would write about that they'd be a little bit worried, concerned, or even scared about what others might think of them. But I I think I had um, gotten over the fear of sharing my story long before I even wrote it through other experiences I've had, um, because the thing I think sometimes we think writing is only about writing but writing is about our life there's there's so many things that happen in our life and i think if we're scared of doing something in writing it's because we haven't lived it in life yet and so it's important to not just write it down but also to live it and that's why a lot of um advice for writers is to live a little because if you if you if you're really scared of sharing something it's because it's not because of your writing. It's more, not you per se, I'm saying in general, but uh, it's more like you, you've got to live more, do more. And someone like you, I think you've done a lot. So it's just that maybe you haven't opened up yet and not necessarily through writing, but through other things. So because if we have that fear of writing, we have it elsewhere. And so it's, it's a natural human response that we just have to work through. Yeah, well, when I think back, uh, mine may be connected somehow to being born and raised in Soviet Union where the culture was a bit different and, and people were not used to opening up and it's something that we're learning now. So right. maybe that has some, um, some thing to do. That sounds like a very interesting story to me. You need to write that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, as as you said, uh, you um, you were already ready by the time you you wrote and and published the stories. You overcame that fear, and you were not really scared about anything by the time the book was out. So I guess I I need to reach that stage first. <laughs> I think um, well, 
if you read One Boy's Struggle, which is my memoir, you'll find out that as a kid and as a young adult, I was beat down pretty hard. And it took a lot to come back from that. So publishing a book about my life story later on is very minor compared to what I had already gone through. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So I don't want you to live through that per se, uh, you know, but I'm sure you've had your own difficulties and your own struggles that are probably, you know, um, for very, very challenging too. Um, and you need to, um, not you, just you, but anyone needs to pull from those experiences that you've already had, not necessarily that you need to, uh, you know, have new, you might've already had experiences and you're not relating them to your writing. And whereas maybe you've already overcome some things that just hasn't translated to your writing yet. And um, it might be that you haven't realized that because I think sometimes we get caught up in the idea of writing being separate, but it's not. Writing is part of everything we do, and everything we do goes into our writing in one way or another. Yeah, it, it reflects our uh, life and our experiences and our views on different things. So it's it's kind of yeah, part of ourselves, I guess. Absolutely. And you said that initially you did not intend to publish the memoir. And right. what made you uh, decide about this, decide to publish it? Well, the reason why I decided to publish it is because the struggles I lived through as a child were actually are, are actually very common, too common. Because I, um, I'm not sure I told you this or not, but I have attention deficit hyperactive disorder, which is ADHD. And I grew up with that as a child. Um, and I had extreme learning difficulties in school. And so that story of how it affected me having ADD, how it affected me uh, was um, well explained in the memoir. And I decided I needed to share that with others so they they understood so others would understand what children are going through because there's the stigma that ADHD doesn't really exist and that it's not a problem and that it's made up. And I mean, I'm not I'm not somebody who advocates in ADHD just for the sake of ADHD. I think there's a host of issues that represent themselves and we call it ADHD, but it still needs to be addressed and, and, and children with those issues need to be helped. So whether we subscribe to the term ADHD and the collection of symptoms or not, the issues are still very, very real. And I think my memoir, which has actually um, reached some of the most influential and notable people in the ADHD community, such as um, Dr. Hallowell and um, others, is that that story needed to be told. It needed to be shared. And I didn't realize that till after I finished writing it. And um, I think that to give that give parents that insight of what their child might be going through, similarly to what I went through, and to give adults who already went through those issues but were not validated because so many people told them that, oh, they were lazy or they were just, um, you know, worthless. And to read my story and to see that they were not alone. And that's why I eventually decided to publish it when I finished writing it. Okay, so I can imagine, I mean, I haven't read the memoir yet, but um, hearing what you're saying, I, I imagine that it um, had quite emotional feedback from readers' part, right? 
Yes. Okay. So, and um, as you said uh, in the beginning, you uh, you are mainly writing and enjoy writing nonfiction. So, um, besides this memoir, there there is nothing else you have. I mean, you you don't write fiction at all, or you just uh, you're concentrated on nonfiction mainly. Well, I'm I'm concentrated or focused on uh, nonfiction at the moment. I've written some fiction. I just haven't published any fiction. I don't seem to finish uh, the fiction stories I start. I don't know. I lose my interest in them. But when I'm when I'm writing nonfiction and I'm helping others or sharing experiences and lessons I've learned, I find uh, my writing to become comes more naturally. I enjoy it more. It's what I want to do. And I don't necessarily have the desire to write, say, a novel uh, of something per se. There's nothing itching at me so so much so that I need to do that. You know, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I see. So it's uh, your nonfiction books are um, mainly inspirational books, or they are also you also have a how-to books um, because the the writers dubbed when I read it, it was very emotional. Uh, it was very in, there was lots of encouragement in there, and it was quite inspirational one. So uh, are your uh, other nonfiction books also in the same style, or uh, you have a more practical how-to type? Type of books which are quite popular these days. They're all pretty much in um, this the same style, I would say. Uh, Writer's Doubt and One Boy Struggle, which was my memoir. Uh, they're they're um, they're very similar. Let's put it that way. They're it, Writer's Doubt. I think is a, a better written book than um, One Boy Struggle. But both stories and both books are just as important as the other. And I think uh, the reason why I published Writer's Doubt or wrote it is the same reason why I, I published One Boy Struggle is because I think there's a lot of people out there that's gone through many of the issues I've gone through. And that uh, especially in writing, because it's so common for anyone to, to be doubtful about what they're doing and to um to do something in public, such as something that can be criticized so much as writing, it's easy to be doubtful about putting it out there. So Writer's Doubt is there to help them with that. But yeah, I would say all of my books are very similar in style. If not content, they're very similar in style. Yes. Okay, I see. So you uh, you have self-published those. You, you have them on Amazon or on other uh, platforms as well? Amazon. One Boy Struggle is on every platform. Uh, Writer's Doubt is on Amazon only as Kindle. Okay, so based on what do you decide whether to have it only on Amazon or other platforms as well? Is it uh, is there any strategic reason under that, or how, how do you decide where to market your book? Well, One Boy Struggle I published with a third party, and so they published it in paperback and um, and in Kindle on Amazon and every other uh, site you can imagine. Whereas uh, Writer's Doubt I published myself on on Amazon in uh, Kindle only. I didn't do it in paperwork. Uh, when you say uh, third party, uh, you mean a traditional publisher or the self-publishing help companies which, which do um, publishing services and help for... Yes, that is correct. Okay, I see. And have you, uh, I mean, I don't know, there are many, many writers who dream to be traditionally published because somehow they think that it 
brings up more credibility and reputation and I don't know by some it's uh, viewed as something uh, more serious let's say or or I don't know how to phrase it but uh, do you also would you also like to be traditionally published or not this is actually a a, um, a, a good question the the answer is uh, not not as easy as um the question itself. Yes and no. I don't see traditional being traditionally published as absolutely necessary anymore. Not the way that it used to be. Like 10 years ago, if you self-published, they would call you um, a vanity. If We called them vanity publishers. And, you know, basically to say that if you were self-publishing yourself, it was just a, a vain attempt to, um, to be recognized or or, you know, whatever, but it wasn't really, nobody really gave you any credit for doing it. And it's changed over the years and year by year, more and more people who who could go traditional are going self-published. And the reason for that is not every book that gets traditionally published makes it to a bookstore. They might make it on Amazon, but you know, you can put it on Amazon yourself. You don't need a traditional publisher to do that. What a traditional publisher has going for them more so than self-publishing is they have a team of people that are specialized that can help you create your book to to be as as absolute best that it could possibly be as far as cover art goes and as far as editing goes and as far as marketing goes. But the thing about it is a lot of new authors, brand new authors, don't necessarily get the marketing that, um, you know, a more well-known author would get through a traditional publisher. It takes a, a lot of time and you can spend that time already self-publishing and building your own platform online. And that's becoming more and more necessary regardless if you become a traditional published or self-published is building your own platform online. So. My answer, sorry, my answer is uh, no. I'm not very interested in traditionally published. Um, if I was approached and you know the the offer was good enough, maybe, but I'm not really convinced that it's necessary anymore. Okay, so you're not seeking it. If if no. they come along, it depends what they offer, right? That is correct. Okay, I see. What about um, how do you evaluate books? I mean, what is a good book for you? And it doesn't matter whether it's fiction or non-fiction. I mean, what uh, kind of book it should be, what it should bring to you so that you consider it being a good book. Wow, that's a, <laughs> um, that's a, that's a heck of a question. Um, yeah, because, I mean, all of us very often uh, start reading a book and then we don't like it and leave it like it is. We don't really continue reading it until, until the end. And we all kind of, uh, different people need different things when they are writing, reading a book. They, they need different, uh, some need emotions, some need knowledge, some need uh, to be thought-provoked. So what are you looking in books usually? For me, um, well, a book has to catch my attention immediately. But usually I won't pick up a book if I, unless I'm interested to begin with. And um, like, for example, I don't know whether you read my blog post from yesterday or not, but it talks about being very specific in your niche. And, and that's the thing is I pick up books that I'm already interested in. I don't necessarily pick up books that I, that I you know, um, 
that I'm not interested in. So like, for example, if I want to read um, or horror book, you know, or be spooked, I might go pick up a Stephen King book because I'm already familiar with him. And um, but if I pick up a new author's book, they need to really grab me with the book's description and they need to grab me within the first two chapters. Um, so and it's very important if you go self-publishing to have the proper editing. And I, I've discovered this more and more so, um, especially after One Boy Struggle, is you, you really need to invest in a good editor if you're going self-publishing. And, and with my last book, I went with um, Jill Bunting, who's an outstanding editor. And uh, so if the book is interesting enough and it looks professional enough, I will probably go ahead and um, invest in it. So you, you're going to want a good cover as well, because that we're all visual people, especially when we're online. We're using our eyes to see what's in front of us. So if you want to catch somebody's attention, you'll you'll want the best cover you possibly can have. And I think a lot of people overlook this fact um, because they think on Amazon that you know it's just a small image. Well, when people click on that, they get the larger image. But even so, you still want to um, put your best foot forward with a great cover, with good editing, a good book description, and have a good platform already online where you're uh, representing yourself very well. Mm -hmm. I, I'm glad you mentioned about the platform, and uh, that's what I would like to ask you. Uh, where do you acquire readers? Is your blog your main platform you work on, and, and uh, that's the place where readers find you? Or uh, do you do something else on top of it? Well, at the moment, um, yeah, just my platform online, my blog. Um, that's about it. I have three websites online and uh which is positive writer at a world um dot coms and um if uh readers want to find me or so on they can find me there i guess post on other blogs as well but primarily i'm on my own platform i do not have the time to um do a lot of other stuff online at the moment Okay, so, and uh, is your blog growing by itself? I mean, through your guest posts and through your uh, book sales, most probably readers also come to your blog through your uh, book as well, I presume. Correct. Uh, what else do you do so your, uh, your blog becomes more popular since it's your main uh, ground for connecting with readers? Well, the first thing to do is um, publish the best content you can, content that will be interested to readers that would come to your blog, um, depending on what your blog's about, you want to make sure that the content that they find there is useful and helpful, inspirational or encouraging, and all of the you know all of those things. And um, I think um, it's important besides guest posting, it's also to become get involved in communities online that you can find elsewhere, like uh, Facebook groups for authors, and not necessarily pushing. Um, just your 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 content but also participating in other uh others discussions and giving insight to them as well um there's a lot of things you can do online 
especially in the communities, in the forums. And it's not necessarily always self-promotional, which, which shouldn't be. It should be more about helping others and, and, and getting your name out there by being, you know, being of assistance to others. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed this too, actually. Uh, before, I had this stereotype that being a writer is quite a lonely role, let's say. And you end up with, with your uh, laptop, with your notes and, and <laughs> your ideas. And that's, that's the way writers should be. I mean, they should be themselves with, with the writing. But then I realized that um, actually being part of a group uh, it it makes things much much easier and if you genuinely uh, help people they they start being interested in you as well and at some point exactly. when you feel the need uh, to be helped too they are more than happy to to reach out so but although it's online people feel it so you you really genuinely have to to help them not just making different plans to self promote later on i guess because because the difference can be felt also, even if it's online only. Correct. Um, the thing about it is, is right now I live in Europe. So most of my book sales are in the United States. So there's not many opportunities for me to go out and do speaking engagements and things like that, unless I actually fly back to the States from time to time. Um, so at the moment, I'm not doing that. However, it, it can't be underestimated how much how much of an audience you can build with only a blog because uh your platform online is where you're going to get the majority of your sales in the old days when you had a traditional publisher and this is dwindling you know your traditional publisher would book you for interviews on tv nationwide and things like that and interviews on radio and those things are really great and you should still do them even if you're self-publishing as much as you possibly can but ultimately your platform online is where the majority of your sales are probably going to take place so although it, it's very easy to get caught into the trap of um, going on Facebook and other um, communities and trying to self-promote self-promote um, is that when you're going into like uh, I mean if it's on your own personal page yeah that's fine but if you're going into other groups you want to become part of that group and help and I see some groups um, on certain websites where all the authors are pretty much promoting their books but they're promoting their books to other authors who have no interest in buying their books whatsoever. You know, they're promoting to the wrong people. Um, whereas these groups should be for discussing, um, you know, writing. They're they're promoting their fictional book about this or that, and everybody's ignoring them because. And but then after a while, everybody's doing it, and nobody comes to the group anymore because writers. Um, don't sell very well to other writers, especially when it's about fiction. Now, of course, I, I have a book that is for writers, but um, most people don't. So I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I had this issue before. I, I, my first blog was a self-development blog. Uh, 
So I had a list of people and I had readers who were interested in self-development. And of course, my fiction books were, were not popular at all among that group. So that's why I, I kind of uh, changed the profile and uh, and started marketing my books to um, uh, in other places where people were actually reading fiction. <laughs> because otherwise, uh, of course, those are uh, not really, I mean, the people who, who came to your blog because they like to read about self-development are not necessarily people who write fiction at all so (laughs) so i think that's very difficult actually for a fiction writer to um find to build a platform online it's still possible it's just it's more difficult and i see a lot of fiction writers building platforms that are that are more or less static pages online and a static page is is intended for somebody to search and find you and um, see what you're about. But the thing about it is um, readers don't really care for static pages. They want a living website when they go visit and see what the blog, what the um, author is currently up to. So I think it is difficult for fictional authors to find something to blog about online that their particular audience would be interested in reading and 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 I'm that that's not easy but I think it's possible yeah it's um i i had the same dilemma a long time ago because it's it's difficult i mean of course if once you you are already a popular writer most probably um your readers uh, and your fans will be interested in almost everything you say in terms of uh, they would like to know about your thoughts your personal life maybe where are you from etc etc but uh, right. if if you're not that popular yet then there isn't much you can talk about because if if it's uh, about yourself, maybe you haven't reached the stage where people will be interested. And if it's about your books, if your books are not selling very well, you don't really have the audience who is interested in the details of how the idea came or, you know, some some additional insights of, of pieces which were edited and cut out etc so those are the things you can utilize but not at that stage so for the beginners it's it's quite challenging because you you end up really being stuck at some point because you don't really have this relationship and you don't really know what your readers would like to have in in the blog right so um okay uh the other thing is usually um i don't know uh, maybe it's changing now but usually when people say i'm a writer many presume that since um having full-time income from writing is not very possible at least uh, not in the beginning um that person is doing something else also so are you a full-time writer or, or you work somewhere? Um, how do you generate your income? Is it only purely from your books and your blog or so, somehow else? I have a day job. Yes, I have a day job. However, I will say that the income I have from my blog and from my books is, I wouldn't say, uh, it, it's it's good. Um, I'm not interested in uh, giving up my day job anytime soon uh, because I've invested a lot in my time in my day job. But let's say if I had to, um, I make a good I make a good amount of money from my blogs and from my books that things would be okay. 
Okay, so how is your blog monetized in that case? Is it ad- um, it's through mostly through affiliate links and selling my books. Ah, okay, I see. And uh, in that case, um, I don't know. I had this problem with with my day job. It it kind of um, damaged a lot my creativity. And uh, how did it damage your creativity? Well, I I, I was <laughs> coming home uh, so late and so tired that you know thinking about writing a book was the last thing in my mind. So I didn't right, really right. have the time and my the emotional state to be able to to write at least something of of a good quality um so um your day job doesn't really have any effect on your writing well that's the interesting thing i really don't talk much about my day job even on my platform or in interviews or anything like that because it's so separate from what i do online um you you'll rarely i don't think actually if ever you'll see me mention my day job on my blog. The reason why it's that way is because um, I think from my own experiences, I'm able to separate my job and my writing. Uh, For example, like when I leave my day job, I leave it. I'm gone from there. And then I just continue. There's a great book to read for you uh, um, when it comes to Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. There's this there's this chapter on um, when you leave like the day or you leave your day job, you uh, you put whatever that is on a piece of paper, like whatever you did for the day. You don't necessarily have to write everything. And then you tuck it away in your drawer at work and then you leave and everything you tucked in that drawer. Once you leave, that's where you leave your problems for your day job or your concerns or whatever happened at your day job stays there. And then you go and you do your own thing. Um, because I really I don't think too much about it when I leave from there and I and I'm able to separate myself. And that that's not saying that that's easy, but I can see where it could be very difficult for you, especially if you're tired and you're exhausted and you you just don't have the energy uh, it's great if you can leave your day job. And <laughs> That's what I did two years ago, actually. Right. So, uh, but of course, I know that I'm f- I'm from those few lucky ones who 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 could afford that because uh, I mean I have a family who who can support me before I uh, I make uh, income with my writing only. So I I understand that not many can make this step. But I would also like to mention to our listeners that the very broadly um, broad um, and very often uh, told excuse that I have a day job and I don't have time to write it's not an excuse anymore because we have your example where you have a day job and you're quite productive in writing as well so it's possible it can be done it's just a matter of how bad you want it to to be it's funny sometimes I consider myself lazy (laughs) <laughs> you know, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, and I've published, um, self-published six six books in the last, um, you know, seven years. So I've written six books, and um, I'm working on others, some that I have not published, some that are waiting. You know, it, that's a lot of work. That's not just um, five minutes time here and there. Uh, you read Writer's Doubt. I go into some some details in that book. So it's not something to be glossed over. That's some hard work and, and a lot of time involved. Writer's Doubt took three years in itself 
to complete um is some of that time was just sitting there waiting for you know my mind to catch up to it and then revising but uh that i think everybody if they if they wanted enough and i know people don't necessarily like to hear that but if you wanted something enough you will find a way i truly believe that absolutely yeah i, I agree with you and i i'm 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 sure it's true so and uh, i i hope that many people are as lazy as you <laughs> if you considered yourself being lazy i i hope everyone was uh, like that and was producing awesome content and and was uh, really doing things because we uh, i mean i i think everyone has these challenges in life uh, that may come on their way and uh, between themselves and their dreams to come true but uh, it's up to you to let them crush the dreams or not so uh, there's always a way and it all depends on on the desire how bad you want things to be and how committed you are to do things actually because uh, there are many people who talk and unfortunately they only talk but don't take action <laughs> very good point <laughs> taking action is is very important and yes, because is. actually at at the end of the day when we we're talking about writing we may have really really nice interesting ideas we have we may have a talented think like a book in our mind but unless we just sit down and start writing the first uh, words and sentences and paragraphs etc it will never become a book so uh, I, I, I really believe in taking action and at least trying doing something. Because if you don't write that book, you will never know if it will become a bestseller or not. Yeah, and I think there's too much focus on um, writing a book so that it does become a bestseller. Because I think uh, a lot of authors out there have illusions of grandeur that they can publish a book and then make a ton of money off of it. There's a lot of work involved in um, not just writing the book, but also getting the attention. Because I, I, I still see a lot of writers saying that they just want to write and they don't want to do all this marketing and stuff. And that's fine. You can just write. You don't have to market anything. But you also um, should not expect for you know a bunch of readers just to latch on to something you wrote just because you wrote and published it. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. I wish it did, but it doesn't. Um, it's a lot of work to um, write the book and then and then build a platform and then reach an audience. Because even if you build a platform, you still have to attract an audience to your platform, um, and that's a lot of work too. So it, it's a it's a never ending uh, cycle. I, I, I consider myself to be very fortunate that I've been able to build blogs and gain an audience, but at the same time. It's been through a lot of trial and error, too, because I've had several blogs um, that I wouldn't use the word failed, but that I canceled or that I stopped because it wasn't working out. And so it does take some trial and error, I think, for all of us. I mean, we can learn online a lot of things that, that will um, circumvent that trial and error, but it takes a while to to get there so if you if you're listening to this and you're frustrated and you're not gaining that audience that you think you should be or that you want to be either via amazon or via your own blog it's to try to examine 
what you're doing already and maybe try doing something differently and hang in there learn from what you what you've already experienced because if you if you're going to write and only write that's okay but don't expect to sell a lot of books um, now once you become uh, situated and you do have an audience and you become well known where people are searching your name and um, looking for your content then you don't have to market as much but it's a lot of work to get to that point and I don't know if any of us are really to that point well, especially now when we have this uh, easy barrier point where almost uh, everyone can self-publish, actually. And there's exactly. so much noise and so much crowd around that whenever your book comes out, it immediately has a very high competition already. And as we mentioned, uh, even things, I mean, until the reader gets to your book's content, there are so many things that have to be right in order to make the reader... Um, start reading your book so we spoke about the the cover about the blurb about uh, different things which are not necessarily um, the thing you wrote in the book but the additional elements which comes just before that and even if your text is perfect many might not even get to the point of reading that text so it's it's many many different things it's it's all about marketing it's it's about copywriting it's it's about things which writers not necessarily know and and if they are not willing to learn uh, i don't think they will have big chances to get anywhere true you summed that up rather nicely <laughs> <laughs> well the last words to our listeners that you would like to tell i would say don't give up hang in there um where regardless of where you are in the process there's going to become points where you want to give up and it's those convergent points that really is what um, pushes us forward, which helps us grow. And when you get to those points, it's what you do then that matters most. So you can you can buckle, you can say, I have had it, and you can give up. But that's that convergent point where you're being tested. And if you do that, I'm not saying things are going to get better if you don't, but if you do that, it's over. You know, you, you, it's not necessary. You have to you have to stay in the game and you have to keep on going. So whatever you do, don't give up. Don't get so frustrated that you just want to throw in the towel. Take a break if you need to. You know, that's OK. Take a couple of weeks off if that's even, you know, something you're thinking about or take a vacation. But hang in there. Don't let those moments bring you so far down that you give up. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that even if you decide to give up, if writing is your calling, if it's really part of you, it will eventually get back to you anyway. So you, you can't run away too far from it if it's yours. So uh, in that case, giving up is even, you know, senseless because you will restart anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, Andy. Okay, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. I'm sure our listeners uh, heard very interesting points and will take them into consideration. I promise to read your memoir because I haven't yet. And after, after what you mentioned, I really have to because you intrigued me with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And um, so we'll be in touch. Uh, thanks a lot. Have a nice day. Thank you. 
Well, that was it for today. For those who don't know, uh, you can win one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me via Skype for one hour if you leave a review on iTunes for Right to be Read podcast until August 1st. For all the details, please visit www.annialexander.com slash free. Annie spelled A-N-I. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Have a nice day and wish you all the best.